This is the Beauteous Podcast. I'm your host, Lola Evan. Powered by Riverside. The Beauteous Podcast is a space for candid conversations about the multifaceted nature of our relationships with beauty. Beauty is always so much more than meets the eye, and we talk about that here. So there are so many definitions on and theories out there on beauty. And really, I want to make it clear that on this show, the only theory that guides anything we talk about here is that beauty is absolutely positively never, ever, ever objective. Beauty can be in many different things and can be many different things for many different people. In fact, if you ask two different people what their definition of beauty is, you'd almost never get the same answer. And so why try to whittle beauty down into one particular thing? So I'm so happy to finally be here, finally be recording this podcast. It has been a motherfucking journey. I have to be honest. I have had this idea for over a year and a half and I told myself that it was something worth pursuing and something, you know, that I knew I wanted to do and that I thought could be useful to people. But I had so much imposter syndrome around getting in front of the camera, actually talking on a regular basis, making sure I'm not using, you know, fillers in my speech, the ums, all of that. And I finally just decided to say, fuck it, like... I'm going to try this and it's going to be good because I have good intentions towards it. Obviously, it's not always as easily said as done, but I think that at the end of the day, I'm finally here. I'm finally recording and I can't wait to see what this podcast becomes. So how did I even come up with the idea of the podcast? Well, about a year and a half ago, Back when I was kind of like dipping my toe in the influencer pool, I was like, oh, maybe I'm going to be an influencer. Oh, maybe not. Um, I think I kind of chose the not. But you know what? We we we'll never, we won't even discuss that because I don't know what is out there, you know, in store for me out in the abysses, you know, of, of life. <laughs> so I um, I had this content strategist tell me essentially she loved all of my content, but my beauty content, she was like, nah sis, it's not hitting. It's not giving what it's supposed to give. It's flat, it's empty. And I honestly agreed with her. I thought that I had no problem talking lifestyle content, quite frankly, because my life is dramatic. I'd be going through a lot. Me and my husband always joke that Tyler Perry couldn't write a better uh, story than what is my life story. And if you know Tyler Perry, you know just ghetto on them shows, which I personally love. No Tyler Perry slander here. Either way, I um, I didn't struggle to connect on a deeper level when it came to lifestyle content because there was just always so much to draw from. But for beauty, you know, it had been a passion of mine for so long, still is. And yet I was struggling to really translate its depth to me um, in my content. And so she asked me, you know, she said, what has beauty been to you over the years? And when I really sat back and thought about that question, the answer was very clear. And it was that beauty had served as a shield for me. 
And so I really wanted to dive into that multifaceted nature of beauty in our lives, right? I think that I'm not the only person that would say, in fact, I learned recently when I was like, you know, doing research for the show, that there's a, a poem out there that is literally called Beauty as My Shield. And it's more so about like taking into the beauty of, you know, your environment and stuff like that when times are hard. Uh, but that just showed me that it's easily translatable to many people that beauty kind of serves as not just this surface level mundane thing that a lot of people try to you know minimize it to but in fact it's deep it's layered like how shrek <laughs> Ooh, i'm such a kid shrek on the first shrek he was like um like an onion and you know donkey eddie murphy's like an onion you know and had all these different characteristics as to what an onion would be and he was like no an onion has layers i have layers and um i always think of that when i think about how complex like pretty much most things in life are that, you know, on the surface, it looks like one thing on the next layer. It's like, oh, okay, it might be this, but then the next layer it's like, shit, this is a whole different ballgame than I thought it was. And for me, that's what I realized that people's definitions of beauty likely was. And so the beauty is podcast idea was born. It took a long time for that baby to be born. You know, um, I've been pregnant with the idea for a long time. That's the only pregnancy that <laughs> is currently imminent but i'm finally giving birth and here i am ready to dive into these topics um so what you can expect from the show just to kind of give you like something to look forward to uh to you know draw you in bring you back to you know chit chat with me on a weekly or bi-weekly basis still figuring that out <laughs> but um what you can expect from me is very candid conversations about those very, very many layers of beauty um, as it relates to me, as it relates to society, from my view, from my opinion, and also guest episodes where, you know, we dive into that guiding question, which will be the guiding question for almost every episode, which is what has beauty been to you and how has it shaped who you are today? So without further ado, I'd love to jump into this episode and talk about beauty and how it kind of shaped my life and what it has served as for me over the years. And so I think the best way to really, really get started with this is to kind of give you more background about me. So like I said, I'm Lola Adani. I am 29, Leo, Sun, Pisces, Moon, Virgo, Rising. If you know, you know. I'm a first generation American. My folks are from Nigeria. I'm the oldest daughter from their marriage. I'm an ex-lawyer, which I like to say means I never should have been a lawyer, but I'm in my finest husband in law school and he's fine and he treats me good and he got a little money, bling bling. And so I, I'm okay with spending the coins that I get to go to law school. Um, I love all things beauty, all things aesthetically pleasing, luxury, ease, like that's me, like I just eat it up with a fork and spoon, and I think that I am very fine. <laughs> and I have to say that the way I said it, because it's, a, it's like a very kind of, it's like a ground level understanding of how I really approached learning about how beauty served me over the years. So I have all of that, you know, beautiful, cute shit on the outside, but now we can kind of talk about what my therapist likes to call my extensive trauma history. Uh, everything from sexual assault, abusive romantic relationships, abusive family relationships, fractured 
fractured, excuse me, family relationships, mental health issues, suicidal ideation. I've been through it all. Um, and that kind of lays the groundwork for how I became, well, how beauty became a shield for me. So as I mentioned, my background being the first, you know, daughter of a very dysfunctional family, not publicly dysfunctional until very recently, but that also kind of ties into how beauty was kind of a shield for me. And so growing up, um, and I've kind of talked, touched on this uh, kind of tidbit of my life in other settings, um, but for purposes of this conversation and the podcast, I, I guess I have to say that, you know, I didn't struggle with self-identity and self, well, self-esteem on a surface level my, most of my life. And that was because I often heard over and over again in my, in my childhood and my upbringing, you're so pretty, you're so pretty, you're so pretty from my family members and those people that, you know, shaped, you know, my sense of self-worth very early on. But I can very candidly say that my appearance is probably the only thing that I have always gotten unconditional praise for in my family. Um, and, you know, just to, you know, set the groundwork, everybody is going to have a different recollection and a different experience uh, with, you know, every everybody doesn't experience anything the same exact way. So I am saying that at the outset of this podcast and outset of this pot um, and of this episode to say that what you hear me say, you might not hear another one of my family members say they might not characterize it like that, but this is this is my house. <laughs> this is my space and this is my chance to talk candidly um, from my heart. And so like I was saying, the only thing that I felt that I got unconditional praise for was my appearance. Everything else, while, you know, I might receive praise for, it was always tempered with like a, a like just shitty comment, honestly. Like I was constantly compared to my peers, you know, such and such that I is not doing this and that like just always compared to my peers, even compared to my siblings. Um, my sister and I are pretty close in age and I can recall one time, I think I got a B or a C. I think it was a B though. Um, and my sister got all A's. And at the time I had a cell phone, she did it. And they took my cell phone and gave it to her because I got bad grades. And so like, you're thinking back like, girl, a B? Yeah. And it's like, even though those small like things to adults, um, a lot of times don't seem like very, um, I guess, crucial or you know like, like like very like turning point moments even though those things don't seem like turning point moments they really are and that's why you know y'all out here having kids and so this will resonate for somebody I don't kind of babies yet but I think this is something that you know y'all should probably hold on to you know praise of all sorts matters for children I think that just like I said me not struggling with my self image on the surface level was instilled by this unconditional I think praise that I received for the way that I looked in my family. And that's not to say like, it wasn't people like saying like silly shit, like Nigerians are very color struck. So of course I've had, you know, family members say ridiculous things about my skin tone, whatever. But at home, what I heard over and over again was that you are beautiful. And so I think that had I heard that sort of, that sort of praise um, on all levels, on all fronts, um, it would have been, it would have been monumental, pivotal to the way that I grew up, you know, viewing myself because 
what that conditional praise and that conditional acceptance amounted to was me feeling grossly inadequate in all areas of life, except for the way that I looked. And so for me, that's how beauty became a shield. Beauty became what I could hide behind, what I could hide, you know, my trauma behind. I could hide my insecurities behind, my like internal insecurities. And I always say like, no insecurity of any type is a good insecurity to have, but insecurities that people can't see, I think are like really some of the worst ones because nobody's going to know that you feel like I'm not good enough, like unless you verbally tell them that. Or I mean, sometimes your behavior will denote that. But for the most part, like when I open up to like my friends, my family, even my therapist, you know, my husband, that like my biggest insecurity in life is adequacy, feeling like I'm enough, like full stop. It's always such an interesting conversation because it's like, wow, I would have never guessed that from the surface, uh, which, again, kind of ties back into this whole, you know, beauty as a shield uh, theme. So, like I mentioned, I grew up first generation Nigerian and I, I'm going to be honest, like, you know, there are some anomalies out there with some Nigerian kids that was fresh to death um, back in the day. But for the most part, we was all getting busted, getting bad bad news bears, not cute, the outfits was bad, all of that. Um, but the tools that I did have available to me were was makeup. Like I, you know, had some black radius foundation from Walmart, very red undertones, looking <laughs> bad, uh, chalky ass eyeshadow from the beauty supply store, not beauty supply store, excuse me. I wasn't even that advanced. Dollar Tree, LA Beauty from Dollar Tree. If you know, you know. And those were the tools I had to, I guess, manipulate um, the way I presented, like in an instant. Like I couldn't fix the fact that internally I didn't feel like enough, but I could on the outside make myself feel, make myself look like I was enough, if that makes sense. And so that's really how that sort of defense mechanism for me developed. And, you know, I don't think it's necessarily negative to kind of use your appearance um as no not use let me backtrack i don't think it's negative to have solace in the way that you look right like i'm gonna be the first one to tell you like nobody's about to tell me i'm not a bad bitch like it just is what it is you know and i think it's important to really have that sort of self-assurance but that sort of self-assurance with nothing on the inside is a very deadly combination and so for me that's really what i realized it had become like over time Oh, my wig is slipping. I knew I felt it slipping. That's, 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 that's crazy to me. That's crazy to me. That's crazy to me. Y'all gonna see this video just like this anyway because I was slowing. I was spitting. So, yeah, it is what it is. Beauty is. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so having that combination of feeling very, you know, confident in who you are on the surface and some completely like very very low low view of self when it comes to internal matters you know my intellect whatever and when I say this people are like child you have three degrees you have done a lot at the age that you are at and I realized I for most of my life filled my life with consistent you know striving of getting different accolades and stuff like that because it made me feel better it made me feel like I was getting to be enough if you will so on the surface you know 
it looked like just like a smart girl, you know, doing her thing. But internally, it was really a smart girl trying to overcompensate a girl who didn't feel smart, who didn't feel like a smart girl, trying to overcompensate to appear as a smart girl. So I, you know, realized the, I think the first time I realized that I had been successful in hiding, you know, the way that I, that the way that I felt about myself internally is in college uh, when I had my first bout of serious depression and it was pretty bad. Uh, like I said earlier, I've definitely struggled with suicidal ideations and that was the time in my life, the first time in my life at least that that came to me. And I remember when I finally opened up and started talking about it, the first thing that I would hear is, oh, you didn't look like you were depressed. And, you know, that was the first time I realized that I had learned to hide things to a fault. That was the first time I realized that, damn, I am doing myself a disservice by pretending to be okay, pretending to be strong, pretending to be, you know, whole. And so I, from that point in my life, I think started noticing that, you know, beauty shouldn't just serve as this like external shield because that's a lot of times it could preclude you from getting the help that you, that you need. But at the, oh, on the flip side, I also challenged that notion because it's like when we, you know, talk about people in our society that have lost their battles to suicide and people that just haven't shown on the surface what they're going through, it's always like, it's always kind of silly to me when people are like, damn, they didn't look it. And I'm like, what's the face of depression? What's the face of suicide? Like, you know, it's, it's interesting that we, I mean, we're a visual society, so I don't fault us as a society for, you know, leaning into that, but it's also so important to note that relying on the way things look is, is just not enough. Like, and that's like a call to action for those listening, watching, however you're consuming this content is to really try to like dig past the surface of what, of what you see and what people show you. And I'm not talking about being nosy, you know, asking shit that ain't got nothing to do with you. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is to challenge yourself to see beyond what you see. Uh, like it, it really is unfortunate when I hear like over and over again that, you know, people who have lost their 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 battles to suicide uh, just didn't feel seen. And a lot of times, you know, their family and friends cannot understand that statement. And they're just like, you know, we did see you. But a lot of times it's difficult for people to, to know that when they're going through. And so I implore everybody to, you know, push a little bit through the surface. People that you know, again, I'm not saying pull up on people just you know, trying to be up in their business. I don't like that and I don't, I don't condone that. But um, it's important to really give that sort of support to people uh, as, 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 they, as they progress through life. And so um, I think that, you know, while unintentional for me, even today, there are still some ways that I present beauty to be like my shield. And a good example is like when I'm feeling nervous or anxious about being somewhere, I'm very focused on how I'm going to look when I get there. Um, that might be makeup. My man beginning to be kind of fly these days. That might be a fit, you know, he got me my first pair of J's. I'm off topic, back to the topic. Um, but I 
I rely heavily on making sure that I feel that I look good on the outside so I feel as best as I can. And I don't see an issue with that from that perspective, right? It's like understanding that, yes, I'm feeling anxious and this isn't the only way for me to feel better about being in this space, but it's a small, it's a small step towards my comfortability in the space. And so for me, that's how that, you know, beauty as a shield kind of relationship has evolved. Before it was for me to try to hide behind and hide all these things. And now it's kind of just like a little blocker, like a little, like, you know how people say hater blockers, <laughs> not hater blockers, but kind of like anxiety blockers, like quelling all the anxiety that I might have coming into a space. And a lot of times it's not all quelled, but it's a really good step because again, I feel very confident in the way that I, I look. And so I think that, you know, it's, it's interesting how like life breaks systems because the reason that I can say I got to that point is really because over the last, you know, year and a half of my life, maybe two years, I've had people, you know, I've had my, my relationships have deepened to a point where people around me are able to see through the bullshit, see through the facade. And everybody needs that. You know, if you don't have that. I sincerely am hoping that you come across that sort of, you know, companionship one day because, and when I say companionship, I don't just mean romantic. When I, so I said my circle, you know, people, friends, family, friends, and for the most part, you know, my family, because that depth that people have decided to see in me and see me past, you know, what I present as has been very, very pivotal in me deciding to stop that, like, hiding behind the facade, the appearance of things. And so I think that I really value that sort of, that sort of companionship, that circle around me. And I, so to recap, you know, I'm so happy that you're here with me taking this journey um, on dissecting what beauty is to us and the many facets that beauty, you know, sits in for us. And so, as I mentioned at the top of the episode, you can expect, you know, conventional beauty talks, or maybe I didn't mention that, but now I'm saying it, you know, here you'll be able to get some conventional beauty talks, some unconventional beauty talks like this one, you know, the shape is kind of, you know, like meta into deep, um, but I think really necessary and valuable conversations. And yeah, I'm so happy you took this first step with me. Give me feedback. How did you like the episode? Are there topics you want me to touch, to discuss? Who do you want to see on the podcast? All of those things. I'd be happy to hear from, I'd be happy to hear from you all. And the best ways to reach me with respect to the podcast, uh, the podcast Instagram page, Beauty is Pod, and my personal Instagram page, Lola.abeni, and it's in the description bar. You can't miss it. It's on the logo. It's on everything, because I want you to remember my name, remember this face. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I would love to hear from everyone who listened, uh, would love some feedback, I don't really want too, too many suggestions. I'm joking. I just don't, I don't like unsolicited suggestions. Nobody does, for real, for real. But people just not telling y'all to stop giving them unsolicited advice. But I actually do want suggestions. I do want feedback. I know that the best way to grow in a new venture is to get feedback. Um, and so, yeah, this has been the Beauty Is podcast where we discuss the multifaceted nature of our relationships with beauty. 
I am your host, Lola Abeni, and I'm signing off beautifully yours. Till next time.